Oh, good day, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Tuesday Night Live, the third in our postseason series of Tuesday Night Live, and probably the happiest, uh, I would imagine, given the news today. And if you haven't heard what the news is, you'll find out soon enough. Let's get into it. Welcome to Tuesday Night Live this happy Tuesday, the 21st of September 2021. Joining me, as always, the ever hopeful, the ever optimistic Peter J. How are you, sir? I'm very, very well, mate. And as you well know, <laughs> there was never a doubt in my mind we'd get that deal over the line. I was uh, confident all the way. I was just about to, nah. like, Go see if you're okay. Like you know, get some counselling or <laughs> send a send a, a nice bottle of Maker's Mark over or something like that. <laughs> it just feels like in the, in the last five or six years we've we've never been able to have nice things. And so, that's true. Uh, it was it was very very nice. And I, I've even actually broken out the wild turkey rare breed tonight. And um, so I'm having there a very go. very smooth one as we talk. There you go. It's big. It's very big. nice. It is big, and welcome to everyone who's joined us on Discord, as well as YouTube and Twitch, of course. Uh, if you're on Discord and you want to have something to say tonight, feel free. We're all festive tonight, uh, so stick up your hand, and uh, uh, we'll have you on to have your say. Uh, there's lots of jubilation in the chat, Peter. A jubilation and lots of relief. But uh, first things first, what do you think of the Brownlow? Well, look, I'm one of those um, uh, unfortunate futuristic people that has a, um, a smart TV and I stream everything. So we yeah. we don't, just don't have normal TV. And for some bizarre reason, 7 Plus didn't stream that and KO didn't stream it. And there was actually no streaming whatsoever. We didn't realise till the night. How so I didn't get to watch it. That's weird. Really bizarre. And yet 7 Plus, they'll be streaming the grand final. Yeah. But um, they, they um, for some, some reason, there was some little glitch in the deal. And it meant that you could not get the AFL Live Pass anymore. That's gone. Uh. Foxtel have the streaming rights now. And Foxtel decided not to stream the Brownlow. They uh, were instead, um, um, they had some old grand finals on. They didn't have it on. Yeah. And so KO didn't have it. And yeah. um, and 7 Plus said that they couldn't stream it. So it, it served, there was a big meltdown on Twitter about it. But um, anyway, uh, it is what it is. So I didn't actually get to watch it. Um, but oh look, you know, the result was the result. I mean, you know, you could you could have thrown a blanket over half a dozen midfielders and 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 expected that the result would come from yeah from those players and and it did. And um, I have no qualms about um, the winner. Um, you know, he polled in what was it, sixteen games or something like that. And so yeah. um, you know, good luck to him. And um, he had a very very good season. And uh, yeah, I think Pont, the bot was. You know, probably a little bit unlucky that the Bulldogs just dropped off a little bit in that last sort of three or four weeks. Uh, otherwise, he he might have got over the line. So, um, and you know, look, I think for those that 
I mean, there is a, you know, there was a lot of uh, drama that came out of it, you know, about the fact that the being a midfielder's medal and the fact that so many votes now are concentrated amongst so few. Um, yep. So, you know, I guess that was a talking point out of it. Yep. Uh, look, I uh, haven't really got a problem with Ollie winning it. Uh, he's obviously had a very consistent season and, uh, you know, averaging over 32 possessions or whatever it is over the course of the year. You could argue uh, about his comparison to other players in the mix. Um Pelly probably suffered a little bit uh, with a little bit of a late season slump that coincided with the Bulldogs' late season slump. Um, and uh, I still maintain that I reckon it will come out in the post-season that they trained their asses off in yeah. uh, July. I really do think that, but we'll see. Um, I think probably the biggest talking point for mine is the disparity between the best and the rest. You had this yeah. big big clump of high vote getters and then this massive gulf uh, to the rest. And uh, uh, it, it appears to me that the, the umpires are dialing it in. And I, I don't... Um, I don't suggest that Wines wasn't a deserving winner, but I just feel like there were so many players, um, without going into specific games or rounds or anything like that, so many players that just didn't poll anywhere near as, as well as expected because it just the umpires seemed to zero in on their favourites very early and just stuck with them. Oh, I think that's right, and I think that the other thing, I mean, I read through over the last couple of days when you look at some of the guys that have won up previously, and they've won up, mm. you know, 18 and 20 votes. Yeah, yeah. I think I read that Gavin Wangadine won his with 18 votes or something. And, yeah. And so it does beg the question about what they're, what they're thinking. I saw a couple of really, really sort of lame attempts to try and explain that away, like, oh, you know, the really good midfielders aren't tagged as much anymore. Um, the really good midfielders um, rotate through the middle more than they used to. You know, just all self-serving rubbish. Rubbish really. like that, yep. Yeah. And so it's very, very bizarre. I saw some really good stats, you know, where the amount of rounds where players got 10 coaches' votes and zero rounds. Yeah, votes. I saw that as well. Yeah. I mean, you know, really bizarre stuff. Um, so I think that um, you know, there's a case for the AFL to look at that. And look, I think that, you know, you've got three really main awards. You've got the Players' Award, the Coaches' Award, the Umpires' Award, and that's okay. So I don't need, I need mm. to change it. Mm. I think that you know you've got two high status awards that come from one from the coaches, one from the yeah. players. So I don't think they need to, you know, change that. I think that they do need to look at, you know, perhaps sit down and talk about the umpires and say, look, how how did this happen? Yeah. And, you know, even if they have some just a sense, I mean, it could be perfectly innocent, and it might be just something they just need to refocus their minds on. But I think it would certainly be worth having a sit down with the umpires and saying, mm. you know. Players are now getting 36 votes, um, and players players can't win a Brownlow with 33 votes anymore. Well, you know, it, it's they want it to be considered the most prestigious award in the game, uh, and we have had other awards that you could argue uh, are probably more reflective of of what's actually transpired. You know, the MVP, the, the coaches' award, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and if they want to maintain the Charlie as the as the uh, the pinnacle. Uh, then they have to make sure they maintain its credibility. And at the moment, it is, uh, we've set it for years and years and years, it's heavily leans towards midfielders. Um, you know, as soon as Tech stopped kicking six goals, he was nowhere. <laughs> you know, uh, stuff like that. Um, the fact that a bloke like Buddy Franklin 
has never won one. Uh, you know, you could go you could go through a, a number of uh, you know top tier players who haven't actually gotten close. Um, they need to do something about it, but they won't. They won't, Peter. They won't. I, I think they. You know, I did read somewhere. You know, you've got the Coleman Medal for the forwards. You've got the Brownlow for the mids. You know, could we have something like the Danny Frawley Medal um, that is given out for the best defender of the year? Would somewhere? love it. I don't know. Would love it. But there's got to be some recognition of defenders. My goodness me. Yeah, um, uh, absolutely. Um, uh, the, I mean, a lot of people argue that uh, playing defence isn't, uh, particularly as a key defender, isn't a terribly difficult role. You just got to, you know, have certain attributes and good concentration and be able to to stick with your player, etc. But there are many, like, there are many facets of playing in defence now in the modern game that are key, absolutely key to to your team winning. The amount of rebound that teams get off half back. Uh, the amount of, yep. uh, you know, being able to... So, I mean, look at a bloke like Alir Alir. Now, you can argue as much as you like that Alir Alir um, was the uh, beneficiary of some pretty poor tactics, and the Bulldogs yep. certainly showed that uh, last weekend when they, when they actually sunk some time into him. Um, but nonetheless, Alir Alir is a key factor in why Port Adelaide made a preliminary final. And uh, yeah. we, be- we barely heard his name. No, you could go through Lever, you could go through um, May, mm-hmm. you could go through Bailey Dale at yep. the Bulldogs, you could go through Caleb Daniel, you could go through Christian Salem. Yep. All, you know, architects, critical, yep. critical players to the structure of those teams. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, and, I, yeah, I agree. Tom Stewart, uh, you know, all, all players that um, are, are absolutely elite at what they do. And mm. the thing is, I mean, is it's crept into... The All Australian team, where you've got, you know, you've got twelve midfielders, you know, into the All Australian team, and yeah, I don't know the whole this whole obsession, and you know, I think that we talk so much about, well, you know, it's all won and lost in the midfield, mm. that I think that the whole the focus of the whole game has just gone on to those half a dozen, you know, and and not even the wings, who are midfielders, yeah, not even the wings who are specialists. No, well, Seed only got how many votes did Seed get? He got like three votes, didn't he, or something? More metres gained than anyone in the competition, and he gets like half a dozen votes at best. I mean, come on. Yeah, it was, it was, it was all together pretty poor. So I think that's that's something that the AFL certainly needs to look at. Yeah, Um, this this midfield obsession that we've got in terms of any kind of award. I mean, you, I mean, the, you compare the amount of votes that um, Rory Laird got, uh, deservedly because he had a good season, uh, mm. to uh, a bloke like Geordie Butts. Now, I'm not comparing the two in terms of importance to the team, but having said that, how often did Geordie Butts get beaten this year? Yeah. In a losing team, in a losing team, how many times did Geordie Butts... If he got beaten more than twice this season... Uh, yep. I'll be very surprised, and yet didn't figure in dispatches whatsoever. Rory Laird gets, you know, um, high teens votes. So, and know. we went through, we went through ten, you know, probably ten years of saying who's the most, you know, who, who's the most uh, the least, sorry, who, the least replaceable player on yeah. the field. And you'd yeah. always look at, and it was always Talia. Yeah, absolutely irreplaceable. Right. And, and now first peaked at, at us. And Butts is the same. You're saying, well, who's yeah. who's one of the most irreplaceable? Yeah. 
players that we've got now. It's Geordie Butts. Yeah. If he goes down. Yeah. Uh, big you know, hole. Big hole. Uh, look, and uh, it, it appears like everyone's been drinking in the chat, uh, particularly Vardy Magic. The amount of uh, typos going on. Clean it up, you people. Um, it's quite amusing. Anyway, look, enough about well, the uh, Brownlow. Uh, the only last thing I'd say is well done, Jared Lyons, who I think was the top pole of, uh, for Brisbane. Yeah, um, no, good on him. In, in a fairly successful year for the Lions. So uh, really good stuff and good to see the Brisbane boys get around him too. The Vardy Magic has been, he's, he's on my rare breed, I reckon. Yeah, but I, I have to congratulate Vardy because he's the only one, including you, Peter, that didn't get my joke. Butts goes down and leaves a big hole. <laughs> okay. Yep, gotcha. <laughs> oh, Zelda, devastated Swans fan. Thanks for joining in. Uh, yeah, it, we're, we're sorry. Uh, you can you had Kurt Tippett for a number of years and half our draft picks, so uh, uh, can't say that we share too much compassion with you. But we'll we'll try <laughs> anyway. And we absolutely, we absolutely welcome you to the cast. No yes, yes, we do absolutely. We're we're very inclusive, um, Peter, yeah. aren't we? Yeah, except if they're from Port. Uh, all right, that was an exception. I was going to say. Yeah. All right. Now let's move on a little bit because. We had, before we get to the main event, Peter, we're just sort of building up yep. to this, so we keep people, you know, sort of engaged and... Engaged, act, yep. Yeah, all that sort of crap. Uh, we had a couple of signings today. Uh, you know, I was. it was great news today, and, and these were three really, really good, strong signings yep. for us. I reckon these, all three of these guys are, are real stars, and it was just a pleasure to have a look at the footage that was released and just to remind ourselves, particularly Luke Pedler. Did you see Luke Pedler's footage today? Yes. Yeah, people forget about Luke. People forget about Luke, and there was some really, really um, exciting stuff there to look at in his SNFL mm-hmm. game. Um, some of his clearance work, his breakaway work was just outstanding. If he can get his body right, get himself fit, he could be a very, very important player going forward. And, um, and we've seen Braden Cook. Um, and we can, and we've seen just how um, you know what, what an interesting player he he can be at his height and his skills. He just looks like he's born to play on that wing, sort of half forward, maybe tall midfield. Um, so he's a great signing as well. Yeah. And one of your favourites, of course, was um, was Sam Berry. Yes, I'm a fan, and I think he's forgotten in dispatches in terms of. Uh... Uh, our next breed of midfielders, and I think it's probably because he played so much up forward. Um, but uh, I, I expect big things from Sam, and I'm very, very pleased to see him sign on for another two. And hopefully, he uh, he continues to keep Matty Crouch out of uh, out of the team. Uh, it's just the message that it seems, isn't it? It's just the message that all these guys seem to be on board. Uh, look, it's just a feel that I've had, and I've mentioned it before, Pete, with the interviews that I did at the beginning of the year and little bits and pieces that you hear around the traps and the way that the young lads have been engaged this year. I really, really, really like what I'm seeing out of our next breed. It's the most hopeful that I've been about our next crop of youngsters for quite some time, and that's no disrespect to past players who haven't made it, but this young crop... Uh, and I think some of that credit 
um, needs to go to Matty Nix, um, yes. and and uh, and the the rest of the coaching panel, and also the restructured and reorganised and refitted um, Crows administration, uh, because the level of engagement that we're seeing at the moment uh, is is really positive, in my opinion. It augurs well, I think. Yeah, I think that um, Matty Nix deserves a lot of credit. Um, he's come in and he's really, you know, tried to build um, a, a you know culture for them to all buy into, uh, which it appears that they have. Yep. And so I think that he, um, he he does deserve a lot of credit, I think. And I think he's, as we talked about last week, I think he's putting together a game um, and he's got these these kids on board. Yes. Um, that they're getting a game together that they think will stand up in finals. And I think that that's what excites them. Yeah. And I think that they probably feel that, and they had some really, really importantly, they had some reward for effort through the year against top teams. Mm. And so they will take a lot of confidence into next year. Agreed. Uh, now, who have we got left? We've got um, uh, the rookies, the Cat B rookies, Borlace and Newchurch. I don't think they've signed on yet, have they? Benny Davis. Borlo's got a one year. That's right. Yep. Borlo's got a one year. We need Paddy Parnell, Ben Davis. Yep. Are the two that spring immediately to mind? O'Connor. And um, Ronan O'Connor is the other one. So we've still got a we've still got a few, and uh, we're needing to obviously uh, pick a few in the draft. So uh, yeah, don't know. I'm starting to wonder whether Benny's going to hang on. I think um, I think he might be the unlucky one. Uh, he and Ronan, he and Ronan, I think might be the two that drop off at the end of the day. Although the club were very uh, bullish on Ronan putting out a, a, a bit of a media piece on him not long ago. Yeah, so who knows? that was interesting, wasn't it? Yeah, who knows? And Benny and Davis, they've left very, very late. So yeah, might might be a case of uh, seeing what happens at draft time. Anyway, uh, trade time, I should say. Yep. So that, oh, no, okay. that was a really good news story. Really important players. Yeah. Uh, now. Probably not much else has happened, really. Um, oh, wait a minute. Uh, just a small announcement from the club that uh, young Jordan Dawson, third in the uh, Best and Ferris at Sydney last year, uh, has decided that he would like to be a Crow from 2022. And aren't we all just up and about about that? Well, we are, and and, and why shouldn't we be? It's a, it's an exciting time. It's It's, it's not... Often that it's happened over the years, Fiend. Correct. Is it we've, that we've got a a high-performing player from interstate um, who's in demand, who's wanted by their club, who's a first 22 player that we've been able to extract and sign on. So it's it's that's not something that we've you know become accustomed to no. over the years, to be honest. And no. so it has. It's been very very rare that that's happened. Sorry, Zelda. So, <laughs> Not sorry, Zelda. So, um, <laughs> sorry, go on. So sorry, Zelda. We've just to, just to warn you, probably got about five or ten minutes here that you're not going to be happy with. Um, so yeah, it was it was it was it was great, and I, I think that the thing that I liked about it the most was that you know we, we had the um, the agates to, to to go out and extract somebody, and like we've talked about before, thing to actually throw the money on the table. Yeah, and 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 actually prize them from where they are and, yep. and and identify, you know, a player that we needed in an age bracket that we needed and to actually get it done. And so now 
the last part of the deal, of course, is just to get this trade over the line with the minimum of fuss, I would hope. I would hope that you wouldn't want to embarrass young uh, Jordan by no. making a fuss over the trade. No. Um, I think Sydney are pretty professional, so let's just get it done. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... So a couple of questions. First of all, on the trade last week, uh, before it all happened, we were talking about a first-round pick swap. Do we still think that's appropriate, Peter? Uh, a lot of people it... saying twenty-three and a bit of a shuffle might be enough, given the uh, given the preseason draft and the fact that he's uncontracted, etc. I think that you've got to be the, the, the real. The key to this, of course, is Hamish because it, we're going to have to work out who it is that we're identifying in the draft mm. and um, what, you know, where we think that that player is going to land. And, you know, Horn's gone. I, I, I keep reading stuff about, you know, I'm going to trade this, I'm going to trade that for Horn. He's gone. He's going to North Melbourne. But I think that um, Callaghan, will, Callaghan will go as well. Callaghan, sorry. Yeah. And, and so... Really, at that stage where you've got a you know a real blanket, and so I think what it's going to boil down to, Fane, is you know you just you're going to knock on Hamish's door and say, well, are you going to be able to get who you want at twelve? Yeah, and it's possible. It's I, possible that they could. I th it, you know, it depends on what their target is, but you would think speed and uh, disposal are, are the two key elements. Um, you know, in and around midfield. Um, and uh, there's a bit around that uh, that number twelve, including yeah. a couple of, but probably a couple of local lads. Um, so uh, look, I'm with you. The only the only thing against that, I guess, is that uh, giving an opposition team pick four is a big deal. Uh, yeah. You give it, you're basically giving them a good player uh, at pick four. Um, so I can I can see an argument for trying to hang on to four and do deals focused on twenty three and maybe a couple of later picks yeah. or maybe a next next year's pick or something like that and that may get it done. Um, I think the value of the value of the lad under normal circumstances would be a first round pick swap, but it'll be yeah. interesting to see how the club play it. I guess. Well, look, it will be, and it, as I said, it'll all, you know, it'll all, I mean, if, if you go and knock on Hamish's door and he says, no, I absolutely need pick four mm. to get who I want, then you, you don't give it up. Yeah, no, that's right. Under any circumstances. Yeah. So really, he holds the key there, and uh, if they if, the, if they were to do a first-round pick swap, then I'm pretty comfortable in thinking to myself, Hamish has got who he wants at 12. Yeah. And, I'll, and I'm, uh, you know, as a support, as a member, I'm happy to live with that. Yeah. And... And I'm not going to get hung up on, you know, the draft the draft pick number at all. Um, so it'll just be a case of, you know, but if we if we say look, absolute first things first, four is off the table, then yeah. you know, it'll be twenty three and I don't know maybe a future second, yeah, but, you know, something in that in that which you know for next year probably should still be a decent pick. Surfs makes a good point. We might do a deal with a third party club such as Richmond who have seven or sixteen. So we might look yep. to, uh, you know, downgrade the pick. But, I mean, if you're going to do four for seven and 16, why wouldn't you do four for Dawson and 12, really? I don't, I mm. don't know. I don't know, because you're still going to be think, giving seven to Sydney or 16 maybe to Sydney and seven hanging on to it. Yeah, I think, it's you know, as supporters that just like to watch, I think that 
there's no point in getting your, you know, turning yourself in knots about the number mm. because at the end, at the end of the day, once we gave up pick two, yeah, yeah, in round exactly. two three, it, we were pick fours with the pack. Yeah, yeah. Look, because, and you, you know, know, you know me. I've always been a proponent of forget the number. You're it's about the outcome. What outcome do you want? Yep. Yeah. Um, you know, people get held up on, you know, oh, he's not worth this or he's worth more than that or whatever. You get, you get the outcome you want. And if and as you rightly say, Peter, if we've got a couple earmarked and we think we can get them down, you know, at the back end of round one, that'd be it. Yeah. And you might even be able with a, you know, I mean, again, you don't know who Sydney wants. So you, you what you might be able to do is you might be able to prize a little bit more out of them. Yep. Yeah. It might be, you know, swapping, you know, twelve and Dawson, and you might, you might be able to sell four as being worth, you know, something extra again. Mm, mm, you know, yeah, maybe even just a third round pick or something like that. So you just, yeah. you just don't know who we're looking at. So yeah, that's the yeah, that's the tough thing. I'm not aware. Uh, do Sydney have any NGA targets that they need points for this year? I think so. Yeah, I, I don't know. Not I haven't looked at it closely enough. At, at this. At this moment, Mac is bursting into his study, trying to get onto his computer to give us his big research about who's doing what in the draft. Sit down, Macca. <laughs> um, I haven't looked at it enough. But, uh, yeah, there's lots of permutations, but I, th I think it'll be a, a fairish trade, probably in our favour because of the circumstances. But uh, the bottom line is that we've got a gilt-edge first 22 player who's got yep. good skills, plays tall, um, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see him line up on a wing or even part of the uh, uh, centre attendances uh, as an outside mid as a third outside midfielder next year. What do you think? Yeah, but, oh, absolutely. And I think that also, you know, the thing is that when you're selling, you know, when you're selling, you know, the club. You, I mean, obviously the money is important. It's the number one thing. Mm. And there's no, no shame in that. But the other, probably the second most important thing is, you know, if, if you're a player, you're saying, well, what, what role are you offering me? Yeah. And, you know, can my footy be improved? And so I, I'd be very surprised if we didn't say to him, you know, we see you in a wing, the wing mid half forward type sort of rotation. Yeah. And uh, with a bit, a bit of time, you know, uh, and, you know, most players have that ambition to play with a bit of midfield time. And that could well be something that we've put into, you know, thrown into him. We could have said, look, you know, we've, we've got, you know, Laird, Keys, we've got, you know, Matt Crouch, we've got these really good, you know, first touch ball getters. Yeah. Or first hit, you know, midfielders. But we yeah. need that, you know, we need that spread. And so, you know, that, that could well have been sold to him. But equally, you know, you know me, Fane, I'm a very, very... I give the, the wing position a high degree of respect. Mm. I think it's a specialist position, and he has been playing wing for a lot of the time in Sydney. Yeah. So if he's a specialist wing, I think it's a really important role for us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, look, I agree. Uh, modern footy, uh, you want to be able to carry the ball in transition for as long as possible, and uh, that uh, that last disposal before you head into forward 50 can be so critical, and that's where a player like Dawson, I think, slots in beautifully because he can take a mark. He's got good pace and endurance, but he can deliver as well. So um, really, really happy about 
being able to get this one over the line. I think he will play midfield and a little bit forward of the ball at times. Um, uh, and uh, as someone on the chat said, gives us a lot of flexibility because he's got a lot of good attributes. And I think, you know, he comes predominantly off a halfback flank, although this year less so for Sydney. But I think his skills and his attributes are probably worth exploring further up the ground and, and nearer to the contest, don't you reckon? Uh, absolutely, you know, anywhere yep. where we can get him into a bit of space, and and um, and, and you know, if if that's you know if that's in that sort of you know second third touch midfield rotation, then you know, well and good. Yeah. Um, keep him out of the contest as such, but you know, receiving from um, you know from Laity or, or or the like, I think is a is a pretty good option. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's um, just important. Just as a Sorry. just as a message to the league yeah. that you know that, that to, to tell other people that you know you know we're on the right track and you know people are buying in and I think that you know for a club like ours that has been through what we've been through it's so important to get that message out there. Yep, absolutely, and that's two and two years. Hately last year, although not as high profile or as well performed, I, I guess. Uh, Jordan this year, um, <clears throat> and more importantly, we didn't offer Arasio a contract either, so that's another win. That's yeah. three yeah. wins. As much as Chris Davies or Kane Corns would like to tell everyone that we missed out on Orazio last year, well, I think Orazio missed out on us, to be honest. But anyway. Mm. Uh, so, PJ, Isaiah Dudley has not played a league game yet. He's played plenty of reserves for both Centrals, but not a league game. Just a shout-out to PJ there. Yeah. Just to ask that on the chat. But actually, yeah. another point that PJ mentioned, you know, the fact that we've got, you know, Wayne Miller are back. Oh next yeah. Year. So Miller and Dawson, you know, is a great, um, you know, combination, and um, no doubt Matt Crouch will come back into that side as well, just to add a bit more production. And yeah, but, you know, I think it looks like it'll be a really, you know, quite, you know, should be a decent team next year. Well, the the other the other one that I, a lot of people have forgotten, and I probably I suggest I probably rate him higher than many uh, is Mitch Hinge. Um, I think mm. if he can get that shoulder right. Um, and string a few games together. He's he actually looks like he could be quite a powerful halfback flanker as well. So uh, I'm a bit bullish on on Mitch, and I hope he can get that shoulder right um, and get into the get into the mix because uh, you know defensively it really comes down to our ability to be able to extract the ball out of out of contests with some sort of pace. That's where we've lacked, I think in the last couple of years is that we haven't exactly lost centre clearances but the quality of our clearances has been down compared to a Melbourne or a Bulldogs that actually can be quite creative out of contest. Would you say yeah. that's about right? Absolutely right. And I, and I mean, I see Hinge in that sort of Bailey Dale kind of mould where mm. you know, he's coming across half because a couple of times I saw him kick, you know, when he was up and running. I mean, he kicked the ball like a bullet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, uh, yeah, so he's he, got strength too. So if he had some, you know, some distribution skills, which he looked like he did, mm. that that would be a big win to have him and Chase. I think Chase has got a very good leg as well. Yeah. Um, just gives a bit, you know, gives a bit of polish. Mm. Yeah. Um, um, so yeah. yeah. It puts young Brody Smith under a bit of pressure, I reckon. Well, well, it does, and and you know, Brodes will they'll have to find a role for him. As you, I think 
we've really lacked. I think this makes sense. I think we thought we've had that really good, um, you know, zip zip off half back with the mm. leg, mm. with Brady. But we we haven't really, as because it's a point you often make that whilst he can kick the ball long, he's not really great at spotting up the targets. Yeah. But Brody so was very handy when when we were playing the push up really high and then beat him over the back. That's where Brody yeah. was into his own because he didn't have to pinpoint, did he? No, that's right. No, very very true. And it was just that it was just that sort of that really flat, hard, fifty fifty five meter flat sort mm. of you know. And you're right, it used to catch teams out, but I think we're a bit different now, and so we need a little bit more. Um, you know, the way that the game's gone. You've got those players like Salem and and Dale that just you know hit targets. They hit you know forty meter darts. Yeah. See one of the kicks that Bailey Dale hit against Port last weekend. He was in a back pocket. He just kicked a forty meter dart through traffic. He hit someone on the chest. At it was actually a, a needle threader, wasn't it? If it's the one I'm thinking of. It went through about three or four players that just yeah. didn't have time to put a finger on it. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah, and that opens them up. Yeah, uh, you're exactly right. Teams that have the ability to attack from deep in their back half, because the, the advantage is that you catch teams going the other way, and if you can turn that ball around with, with speed and distribute cleanly out of defence rather than just a little chip to reset, if you can actually rebound quickly from half back, it is so damaging. And Caleb Daniel the same. So you know, the, you, you know, you, you get a few, a couple of players like that that can, that can kick like that. It just make makes all the difference. Yeah. Um, if someone came knocking for Brody, uh, being a heart and soul player that he is, consider it, Peter. Oh, well, you would definitely. But I don't think I don't. I'm not sure that there'd be a lot of interest in Brody to be honest. And I think he probably just sees that his career with us. Hmm. And it's a matter. It's going to be for players to take that spot. You know, some guys like Hinge, um, you know, Miller, those guys. Can, it is going to put pressure on him because they play yeah. those kind of roles. Yeah, I guess my worry with Brody Smith is he represents to me a player similar to Tom Lynch and uh, one that if he's fit, you pick him. Yeah, and that yeah. I don't yeah. know will be a, the the best course of action from the selection panel. No, I um, I, I absolutely um, agree one hundred percent. But I just can't, I can't, I just can't admit, I can't see a team that would have the interest. But who would be keen for Brody Smith? Do you think at thirty years old? Uh, yeah. I mean, you've got the the usual suspects um, of Gold Coast. Because the team's really contend. I mean, you, it's got to be a contending team. But I feel, I feel like the, the teams that are contending have got those roles covered. Well, I tell you who I tell you who could do with a bit of pace off halfback, and that's St Kilda. St Kilda are a little bit stodgy at times, and I reckon they could do with mm. a bit of pace off halfback or on a wing. Um, you know, Gold Coast, obviously. Um, you know, uh, I think there's mm, a possibly. there's a few there. Um, I but I think. It'd be a hard sell for the Crows to to trade Brody at this stage. You know me; I was calling for Brody to be traded in twenty fifteen. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I mean, I, he's a good lad and a good player, and it'd be sad to, to miss him. But I, I was hoping that we'd get full value from him at twenty fifteen because I thought we'd seen his ceiling, and turns out that we had really. 
Um, yeah. But anyway, that's all isbuts and coconuts. Um, so the other question I was going to ask you, Peter, uh, is not in relation. Have, have we done Jordan? We've finished Jordan? I think so. That Sydney supporter will be yeah. just about <laughs> just... <laughs> needing yeah. resuscitation. Needing resuscitation. <laughs> um, the interesting one for mine is the curious case of Alistair Clarkson. And mm. the he's knocked back the Carlton position, uh, which yep. incredibly it looks like they're going to give to Michael Voss. Chase my head. But Al Clarkson has said he's going to take a year out and he's stuck to his yep. guns and he's going to take a year out. But he's also said that most likely he'll get the hunger back next year and he'll go again. Mm. There's a few coaches that will have their contracts up um, uh, there, including our own. Um, two two questions. First of all, uh, if Manny Nix is... Uh, three and six, or four and four and six after ten rounds, and Al Clarkson sticks his head out. What do you do? Nothing. Stick with Nicks. Stick with Nicks. The the reason I ask is because, and as Serves so rightly points out, he's coming to Adelaide. He's going to be working with uh, some associates for the next twelve months. Um. He'll be in Adelaide. He's got connections with uh, Adelaide clubs. Obviously, he coached Central Districts for a while. He was uh, on Port's panel for a while. Because my gut feel, and I happen to agree with you about Nick's, uh, the only way that I considered Clarkson over Nick's is if we were 0-8 or something. Um, but I think Clarkson's next club will be Port Adelaide. I would not be surprised at all. And I don't, yeah, I don't actually think it matters what Ken Hinckley's contract status is. I think Al Clarkson's next destination is Port. He's got the connections there uh, from having coached there previously. Yeah, he's he's been at Port. You know, he had a long and fruitful relationship at Port, and I reckon he coached at Centrals too, didn't he? Yeah, Central's prior to his, uh, that was his uh, lead into an AFL career, and he uh, didn't he coach a couple of flags at Centrals, I think. Yeah, maybe I think, and I think that he, you know he would. Um, it, there would probably be a, a a bit of a romantic kind of thing for Clarko there to say, "I'm going to go back and take Porter's head coach." Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, he's not back the two biggest us, clubs in the land. You know, and and can I just put my hand up and say I did call this, didn't I? Yep. I said that he would stick to his gun, so I'll take that one. Yeah, I think that um, Gold Coast would be the one that because I think that the AFL will stump up the money. So if money's a factor, which probably won't be, I think he'd have enough. But I reckon um, that could be the only contestant mm. for Clarko as the Gold Coast. As far as the Crows go, I, I have a real, I, I have a thing that, you know, um, you know, to me, Matthew Nix, he's, he's taken over, it's all, he's taken over a bunch of kids. Yep. And he's basically, he's raising these, he's raising these kids. Yep, and I reckon, and he, he's built a culture there that they all want to stay. They obviously all love him. I reckon if you just, you know, ripped him out and said, oh, "I've got a new dad for you," yep. I don't know how you don't know whether that would go that well. To be honest, yep. 
Yeah. I mean, they're all professionals. They'd, they'd move on. I, I agree with you 1,000%. Things would have to turn well, south, Peter. They'd have to go south really badly. I think, he, I think you know, we're, we're, we're on a bit of a roll. We've got, we're attracting players. We're re-signing players. We, we've got kids that have bought in. Yep. Um, we've turned this list over. Um, there's tremendous buy-in. There's trem- I mean, you know, go back to the, you know, to those moments against North Melbourne. I know that we're annoyed that we won, but there was some real stuff happening out there on the field. And, you know, you, you can't put a price on that. And, um, you know, he's created that, and I give him full credit. And so yep. um, I know that I'm preaching to the converted, but... No, no, no. So I think, mm. I think that uh, it's very, very strong chance, though, that he would go to Port Adelaide. I think that would fit him nicely to get away from the Melbourne, just to do something different. Yep. Get out of Melbourne, and you're right. If he's, he's, he's got connections here. He's going to spend some time here. And I think that... Um, I'd, be, I'd actually be surprised if it didn't happen. Mm. Yeah, well, as soon as I learned that he was coming down here, I thought, oh, hang on a minute. Um, and when he knocked back Collingwood and Carlton, Carlton, I wasn't so surprised. Collingwood was the one that surprised me a little bit um, because I thought, you know, biggest club in the land, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, um, a huge challenge to get that club up and about. I thought he might take that one, whereas I thought he'd shy away from the basket case down at bloody Carlton. But when he knocked them both back, I thought, oh, hang on a minute. Um, and there's been no real whispers about Kenny Hinckley, um, but you would have to say after after their capitulation in that preliminary final that he is on the nose. Oh, and, you know, in the chat, J&M, you've got to absolutely spot on that David Kosh, as we're speaking, he would be all over Clarkson. All over him. Yeah, I agree. So uh, you heard it here first on Crowcast. I think I haven't heard anyone else <laughs> bloody suggest it yet. No, I reckon that's a real, that's a real, it's a real go. Yeah, watch this space. And I, you know, what I mean, I, and I'm not going to sit here and have a big shit can on port, but I think they've got some issues. You know, next year if they lose Voss, they've lost Schofield. Yep. Um, and, you know, he was a little bit on the nose there. They've got, you know, some really, really important players that are a year or so older. Yep. And they've got some, you know, inverted commas, superstar youngsters that have not been performing to a level that they need to coming on. So yeah, they'll be interesting to see how they go next year. Yeah, a couple of, couple of those lads might have second-year blues, a rosy couple of injuries and maybe drank a bit too much Kool-Aid. Um, I'm still pretty confident that Rosie will come on. Uh, because he mm. just oozes class, but he's going to have to put his head down, I think. Um, but you're right. Well, literally, he's going to have to put his head over the ball. Over the ball. You're right. Yeah. Uh, but you're right. Uh, Schofield is the one I reckon they'll miss the most. Um, he's, mm. uh, by all reports, very well regarded, and uh, uh, they'll miss him. Michael Voss, you know, it's hard to get a read on Vossy because he was crazy Vossy up in Brisbane, and then he kind of had his hand, uh, tail between his legs and came down to port and has been relatively silent. Um, and now, obviously, uh, Carlton have seen something they like. Uh, to me, it, it seems a very strange fit, Michael Voss and Carlton. I don't know what to make of it. Best of a bad bunch, maybe? Well, I guess you've got to get someone to take the job, don't you? 
Yeah, that's what it, that's what it smells like to me. <laughs> <laughs> Brad Scott so, didn't want it. He, he went and got an AFL job. He could be having his own Hinkley moment. You know, that's yeah. the way he got to port. Yeah. So um, anyway, um, I think he'd be a better coach for having had that time at Port Adelaide. And yeah. I think he'd be a bit more mature, and um, I think he'd have probably a better list than he had when he took over Brisbane. So yeah. Oh, see yeah. How it goes. But, I, but you can't, you know, you can cut it up any way you like. He's he's going to be a big loss. He's a senior yes. assistant coach at Port Adelaide. Definitely. He's a big loss, and and on the back of Schofield as well. That's a lot of that's sort of into. I mean, the problem you've got with these guys, a guy like Voss, going to, you know back to Melbourne is that you know he's got all these relationships with Butters mm. and you know guys like that. Des, but very good relationships. point. Very good point, Peter. Very good point. And so, and you know what Carlton are like? They, you know, they'll spend the money. They'll, um, so it'll be very, very interesting. Define better coach, Pete. What does that mean? Scoot, don't know what you mean. You think uh, a better coach? Better coach. Uh, I, I think you said a better coach than he was at Brisbane. Yeah, sorry, Scoot. I, I think I, all I'm, I think all I'm saying is he'll be a bit more mature. He's had, what, seven or eight years as a senior assistant? Yeah. yeah. He went straight into that coaching job at Brisbane from his playing days. Um, and it was the old, you know, does a great player necessarily make a great coach? You know, not necessarily. He would have, all I'm meaning is that he would have had a lot more experience now and he would have learned a lot more. Yeah. Being a bit of humility role, too, so. Pete. bit of humility, yeah. I think. Because let's not forget, he, he was the one that said, I don't need to be an assistant coach. I'll, I'll go straight in. And Brizzy obviously bought it. I mean, he was a champion for that club. Um, and... Probably to this day in my top three favourite players of all time, Michael Voss. Mm. An absolute gun. Um, but to be that type of a player, he had an air of arrogance about him. And I yeah. think that needed to be shaved off a bit. And I think that yeah. certainly was shaved off a bit uh, with uh, the goings on at Brisbane. And I think going into the background and working behind the scenes at Port... You're right, Peter. I think it's given him experience, but I think it's also just brought him back down to earth. And uh, yep. it'll be interesting if he, assuming he does get the job at Carlton, be interesting to see how they go. Uh, I think the biggest get for Carlton is Brian Cook. If anyone, if if Brian yeah. can't, Cook can't turn that club around, then they may as well pack it in. <laughs> in my opinion, absolutely. But the main reason we want Bossy to get that job, of course, is not just the destabilisation, but but also the ongoing destabilisation of trying to recruit players. So that's what we're looking at. Yeah. That's what yeah. we're hoping. That's right. And, of course, Carlton have lost uh, Sam Petrescu-Seaton. He's decided he wants to go yeah, back he's to... Yeah, footballer. Yeah, that'll be a loss for them, yeah. although I don't think they used him terribly well. I don't think, I don't think they did. I think, think he'd be a better footballer at West Coast. That's yeah. just my opinion. Yeah. Interestingly, there's uh, everything about Chair has gone quiet too, hasn't it, to Carlton? Yeah, I think um, it's going to be one of those ones where you can probably just take, you know, he's nominated his club and he... Um, Has he nominated know, Did he nominate I Carlton? I thought he had. Have I got I that wrong? With, I, might, I, I don't might know whether he, he actually nominated Carlton. Oh, okay. I think he just said he wants to come back to Melbourne and, and it was a bit of a stacks on that it was Carlton and they certainly were oh, okay. the ones. Sorry, I thought but he nominated. I, no, I, I wouldn't mind betting that there's another suitor. So yeah. if it's the D's, as Liquid Crow correctly points out, because I know that I did read somewhere they are interested, they might just be saying, "Look, just hold off till we get this uh, yeah little kicker, little kicking catch we've got on Saturday out of the way, and yep. um, we'll talk about it then." Imagine that. 
Mm. Makes a strong team stronger. Uh, now, we've only got a couple of minutes left. If you want to have a chat, you better be quick. No one's putting their hands up, Peter, because uh, they're just agreeing with oh, us. Just agreeing oh, with everything that we've got to say tonight. Uh, no word on Rankin, uh, Manjit. Uh, haven't heard anything. I would suggest that he stays in Gold Coast and sees out his contract at this stage. Oh, here we go. We've got someone. Pete, if you need to go, you can bail. I don't mind taking no, no. these people. No, it's okay, mate. We'll, uh, I'll, I'll hang on. Kieran, if you want to come on board. Um, how are you going, mate? How are you guys? Yeah, right, good. How are you going? Yeah, good. Delighted to see the uh, Dawson News today. Yeah, very good. I just wanted to, yeah, just a little bit of input I thought uh, I could add with the Voss stuff. Because as I told you before, I did bits with AFL.com uh, in Brisbane. That's so right. uh, went to a lot of Voss press conferences and stuff like that. Uh, thing with him, he was always, he's so bad uh, getting across. Um, he doesn't seem a very good communicator at all. And I wonder if that was a real issue he had. As well as, um, I mean, they had that go home five, didn't they? So as well as sort of building perhaps the culture and um, uh, relationships, I think that might have been an issue with him as well. I wonder if yeah. it's that situation, guys, where, you know, you get a player, such a great player, and he just can't accept, you know, the mediocrity from other people because he has such high standards of his yeah. own and he doesn't, you know what I mean? Nathan, doesn't Nathan Buckley it. syndrome. Yeah. That was and over, uh, yeah, over here in England... Over here in England, if I use soccer, sorry to do this, but uh, say Roy Keane, a great player for Manchester United. Similarly, he never could really accept uh, now you over lesser the UK, players. Are you over yes, in I am, yeah. I'm in London, yeah. We're in London. So, uh, that's pretty good thing, isn't it? We get people from London calling in. Yeah, so second time I've got here and on. He was on, the, was on the rap a few weeks ago, weren't you, weren't you mate? Yeah, that was my accident. I deliberately did this time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I didn't give you a choice after you accidentally clicked your hand. I was like, no, you're coming on, mate. <laughs> it's brilliant to have you on and brilliant that uh, that you're listening to the cast so that we certainly appreciate your contribution. But... No, yeah, it's great. Like, the insight you give us is great, and uh, you know, especially with all the uh, of the sort of South Australia kids, it's been great to listen to over the last few weeks and stuff. Good it's certainly interesting, won't it, to see what Posse does. And see how he goes at Carlton. It's going to be a real, a really interesting watch next year, I reckon. Yeah, yeah, really will be. Yeah. Okay, Thanks, I'll be. I'll. That'll be it. And I'll. Uh, yeah, I'll listen to you guys again soon. See ya. Oh, keep, and, keep listening, mate. Thank you. And thanks for the sub. Take care. Cheers. <laughs> how was that? People from London just calling in. Yeah, no, we had. Crazy. We had. Hang on, I better kick Kieran out because he's a bit of a, bit of a Londoner. He. he you can get any can't get out. There, <laughs> <Linger. goes. laughs> there it goes. Uh, no, it is good. It's great. I, I think on the the last time we had Kieran on, we had someone on. We had him on from London, and we had someone on from the US, and it was like all happening. So that's one of the things I really enjoy oh. about this cast and uh, being able to have the live studio audience like we do now, Pete. It's just uh, made it so much easier. Yeah, brilliant. Good. Um, so I think Bossy will get there. I think Bossy will get to Carlton. Yeah. Yeah, um, a couple of coaches, I guess, probably under a little bit of pressure. Uh, Hinkley, we've already talked about. I reckon there might be a little bit of pressure on um, uh, Chris Scott at Geelong uh, with uh, a new administration coming in, Hocking and the other fellow. 
So there might be a little bit of pressure there. Um, Stewie Jew, obviously, under pressure at Gold Coast. Um, Adam Simpson, I reckon, will be okay for now, but they'd be looking for they'd be looking for um, results soon again. I think. PJ, sorry, just to quickly um, switch, but PJ has asked a question about how did. Uh, Jason Horn, Francis, Matty Roberts and Arlo Draper go for the Panthers on the weekend in the SNF final. I can tell you that Arlo Draper hasn't played finals. They dropped him back for the under-18s final, uh, which they lost, and Arlo hasn't been able to force his way back into that league team. Um, Jason Horn, Francis did some absolutely ripping things that will only solidify his number one spot in the open draft. Um, I can tell you that Matty Roberts has had a difficult two or three weeks <laughs> playing in that grave. He's played in that grave. He's in the wrong spot, spot, hasn't he? Wrong spot. So it's a, re- it's a really difficult role for Matt. He's, you know, um, to my, you know, as I've seen it, he's worked pretty hard. Like I think he had 10 possessions, six tackles and a goal. And so I think that, you know, if you're playing in that graveyard position, it's hard to make a huge impact, particularly as a, you know, as an 18-year-old in the, when you've only played three or four league games. It's an um, interesting selection so, by the Panthers to pick him, but then to play him in that spot. Makes you wonder why they haven't got someone that's probably a little bit more suited to that medium-sized forward spot. Yeah, so it's it's not it's not a, it's not a role that's suiting Matt. But you know, to to his credit, he's persevering and and um, you know, he's working as hard as he can. Yeah. And uh, I guess you know whatever doesn't break you makes you stronger and you know it's all good experience for him but of course you know no doubt he would like to be in the guts um but good news and i'll quickly just um relate this thing is that yeah. we have not only i think i had said that we've got this sa west australia game coming yes. up uh, the grand final but after that we've also got another um sawa game here i think and we've also got an, or it might just be an sa allies game i think we've got i can't remember if it's two or one We've got a game back here at Adelaide Oval. Uh, no, it's going to be at Debiton, sorry. Debiton Oval, and I can't quite remember the date. I think it might just be against the Allies, actually. If I think okay, about. yeah. So, so we'll, well that, have that. Wouldn't that so depend got... on... Uh, Allies would be hard, wouldn't it, with COVID, with border restrictions? I guess, but they've, they've scheduled it. It's, yeah, definitely, right, okay. it's, definitely, it's definitely been added to the schedule. So yeah, okay. I, can't remember, I can't remember which it'll be. I think in the weekend, maybe after the grand final. But it'll be a Theberton Oval match and it'll be SA versus the Allies. So we've got two more guys. The interesting thing will be is that I doubt very much that Robbo and Jason will play mm, in that no. game. Well, you'd, they, you'd think they wouldn't if they're still involved in finals or just had finished. They, they're defi- well, they're definitely involved this Saturday, so they won't be playing the game against Western Australia in Perth. Um, and interestingly, I read that all of the WA boys that are involved in finals with their clubs won't be playing either. Yeah. So I think yeah. that could be a bit of a, you know, a bit of a bust. So I think the one to go and see will be the Allies in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Like yeah. Interesting. Very good. Thanks for go. that, Pete. Easy. All right. Well, look, I reckon that's about uh, done it to death. We've had another great. Uh, a uh, lot of participation on chat and uh, um, on the live studio audience. So thank you everyone who's participated on Discord and also on YouTube. We really appreciate uh, your participation there. Um, thanks uh, to Kieran for coming on, of course. Thank you, Pete, yeah, for perfect. your insight. And uh, My pleasure. 
good calls as always, and uh, I'm glad that your blood pressure's gone back down. <laughs> <laughs> um, we will be back for yeah, we will be back for the wrap to wrap up the grand final on Sunday with uh, Maka and Nikki. Oh, you know what? I reckon it's the Bulldogs. Yeah, I'm going the doggies with that week's break. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I mean, I, I would love Melbourne to win it. I really would. Um, I, you know, any club supporter that's gone 54 years without winning a flag or however long the hell it's been, you know, give him a flag for God's sakes. Um, but uh, no, I'm small. I'm small enough to. I'm small enough to want to see Jake Lieber not get one. So that's how small I am. I'm very small minded. So. Yeah. No, I get it. I get it. Um, but he's going to be at that club for a while, and it'd be a bit of a shame if uh, Petrarca and Oliver and Gorn couldn't enjoy one. But uh, yeah, I, my head tells me the doggies by a couple, but I reckon it'll be a cracking game. I really do. Yeah, I th- I'm look- looking forward to it. If, if and streaming on seven plus. Yeah, <laughs> if if both teams turn up, I think it'll be a classic. I really do. Yeah. Anyway, very good. Uh, until then, uh, stay safe, everyone. Thanks again for joining yes, us, mate. and we will see you. See you, Peter. We will see you on Sunday night for the wrap at seven thirty. Cheers, Peter. Good night, everyone. See you all. Bye now.